0: You're
1: listening to the IDP guys with Sean, John and Nathan. The Wizards of Fantasy Football. Your go-to source for the individual defensive player strategy. And now three guys who could only make an NFL team on Madden. Asin Misha. All right. Okie okay, dokey.
0: All right, welcome back to the IDP guys. This is episode 61. I'm here joined. I'm Nathan, uh, joined with my co hosts, Johnny. Hey, and Sean.
1: What's going on, guys?
0: All right, so we are trying out something new this week for our uh, Patreon members and a few select few. Uh, We have a uh, live stream going on. Um, so we've hit some technical bumps and stuff in here. So the sound quality might be a little different. Um, Sean right now had to remove his headset because his phone's dying. Um, and so he could plug in and so we could still have video. So we're sacrificing sound quality for video this week, but, um, that
2: should be resolved in the future. Yeah. That'll be resolved in the future. Yeah. Um, right. And Nate's comical nature uh, caused the interview to go off the rails a couple of times. But yeah. besides that, <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Sorry, yeah.
1: I'll, get, I'll get used to this and I'll stop laughing at your ridiculous drinks you keep putting up on screen. I'll <laughs> I'll get it figured out. It's a, it's my, a my, my,
0: my, my big jug of water. Jesus. <laughs> it's bigger it's than your like head, man. The size of my face. <laughs> But yeah, um, so with that, let's launch into the question. Uh, who is your most reliable fantasy asset in your opinion?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with uh obvious one would be Darius Leonard. He has not had a bad week this year, although he was injured one week, so I guess that knocks the reliability slightly. Uh, Kendall Fuller, though, it's tough to get weekly cornerback points, and him and like, James Bradbury, especially lately, uh, have both been like solid every single week and getting consistent corner points is really, really tough to do. And if you can get it, it can be the difference between, you know, a win and a loss. So I've been happy with those guys. What about, what do you guys think? You can go Sean.
0: I think on the offensive
1: side, it has to be girly where yeah. it's like, yeah, you don't ever see the top running back repeat and he's repeating and he's doing it every single week. You know, it's not just a couple of huge weeks that he blew up and like skewed his numbers or anything. He's been good every single week and you can count on him. So
0: yeah, for sure. Seems like the
1: an easy answer, but it's the right one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm going to go linebacker here. I'm going to go with one of my guys, uh, Josh Bynes uh, this year. He has been pretty good uh week in and week out. I, uh, He's been averaging uh, just over five solo tackles a game. Um, the, he had a couple where he was a little shy, but uh, he's also made up for that with a few sacks littered in there. Um, so I, I like him. Um, I'm really happy that I caught on to him uh, before the season. And he's he's one of my more reliable fantasy assets in a, year full of injuries on my teams?
1: All teams. Every year. Injuries just like everybody goes into the year thinking they have the killer team and everything's great. And then injuries hit every single team. And generally, the team that wins the championship is the one that survived the onslaught of injuries. This week's news.
2: All right, so for this week's news and notes, uh, we'll start with a funnier story. So apparently before the uh, Cincy-New Orleans game, the fire suppression system in the stadium was going nuts, and the fire alarm was going off for like hours before the game, and Sean Payton flipped out apparently and smashed the fire alarm in his (laughs) locker room uh, because he, quote, needed some quiet time, unquote. (laughs) So he did a couple thousand dollars worth of damage to Paul Brown Stadium and uh, has apologized to the ownership of the uh, Bengals and said he will pay for it. Um, hmm. <laughs> what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I'll pay for it. It's like like they were really concerned about him paying for a single fire alarm in a multi-billion dollar company. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah,
2: pretty, pretty wild, though. I, I wish there could have been video. I would have liked to see that. I don't know. So one
1: fire alarm, zero. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Right. Right. So we finally have our answer. Lev bell will not report. Oh man. It's over. Yeah. Fuck. I made,
0: I traded with you to get Lev bell, uh, in our 32, uh, team league. And that was, that was dumb. Dynasty though.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. It's dynasty. I mean, he still has value. There's next year's value and everything, which I'm keeping him. I can tag him. It's also salary cap, so like have to deal with the tags, which uh, he's on. You the know final. what happens
1: when you tag Love Bell, so I don't recommend
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, he doesn't like it. But uh, I'll do it anyways, and he'll sign the damn tender this time.
2: There you go. So uh, Denzel Perryman out for the season. That's good for Jatavis Brown, Jaleel Adey and Derwin James, and that's 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 probably it for now. I'm sure someone else will step up, but we don't know who yet. Uh, any of you guys have any Denzel Perryman shares? Can't say I do. No. Yep, yeah, me either. Uh, here's a bigger one, though. Cooper Cup out for the season. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. I, I've got him a couple places. Looks like Sean has him. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, it's not even that I have him. I was just a huge fan of him coming out. Like I absolutely loved that dude. He was just such a savvy route runner with good hands. Like, man, that's like, for me, that's exactly what I look for in a wide receiver. When I'm scouting wide receivers, it's how good are your routes? How subtle are your routes? And how good of hands do you have? And it's guys like him that you just fall in love with because you watch him and you know that he's not going to go as high as he should in the draft. And you just like see that skill set. You're like, man, this guy's going to create separation. He's going to get the ball thrown to him because he's open and he's going to catch the ball. And that's going to be the end of that. So.
2: Yeah. Who do you think benefits from this? Is it uh woods or cooks more or the, the third guy that's on waivers that everyone's grabbing?
1: Josh Reynolds is who everyone's grabbing. I think that. I have a lot of shares of Josh. I have, or have had a lot of shares of Josh Reynolds and dynasty. Um, for me though, I think Cooper cup was good enough to break into that offense that had just a ton of mouths to feed. I don't know that Josh Reynolds is. So I think that more likely than not, it ends up being just an uptick in production for the other guys. Uh, and it may end up making somebody relevant that wasn't previously. So, uh, someone like Gerald Everett Mm. or something like
2: that. Yep. Right. That's actually, I was going to ask you about that in offensive waivers. So, We'll get to that yeah
1: there Uh, you are
2: there it is so uh nick perry uh packers uh linebacker knee injury this could help out oren burks or it could help out antonio morrison but i wouldn't count on either so i just hold your horses for right now
1: Uh, i think i just dropped oren burks yeah like this week like three days ago
2: (laughs) yeah we'll see if it's relevant but i don't know i'm not buying it yet um Miami has been re-shredded with wide receiver injuries. Jakeem Grant, ace, uh, Achilles injury, out for several weeks at least. And Devante Parker, shoulder injury, was seen in a sling. So, Dam- Amendola back up, you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess so. They have to throw to somebody. Yep. For uh, Kenny Stills, I guess.
2: Yeah, right.
1: Kenny Stills has been when I had, was preaching preseason <clears throat> and it wasn't working out at all this year. I'll take the L on that one, but maybe, maybe this redeems it for him.
2: So, Yep. We'll see what happens. Uh, Ronald Darby out for the season for the Eagles. That's unfortunate. He's been a great IDP linebacker. Uh, I would think Jalen Mills benefits from that, but we'll see. Um, so there was the Des Bryant saga. He was, mm. he was signed. He was good to go. He went to a practice and, and now he's, he's gone again. He's, 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 <laughs> uh, he's out so
1: bad for him, man. like, I know everyone wants to hate Des because he's a diva and all that stuff. But man, like he's at the position where like this might be career ending. This might be the end of it for him. Like he might've just seen his NFL dream and comeback dream and all that stuff just die. And it just sucks. Like it's like, yeah, man, if he were to come out and not play well and act like a dick, it'd be one thing, but man, he was, he was trying and it just didn't work out and it sucks.
2: Yeah. I, I've always liked as even though he did cause a lot of problems for the Cowboys, I think that's, that was more him wanting to win and not so much him being a dick. Like he just, yeah. he's just a competitor. He's a, I
1: think a lot of it has to do with the way the media frames it too. where yeah, like, right. Odell's a diva and stuff. And it's like, man, you look at Odell and you can see very clearly that he cares more than anybody else on that field. He mm-hmm. wants to win. And if he's pissed off and he's kicking the fucking kicking that, or whatever, throwing punches at the kicking net. It's because he's pissed off because they're not playing
2: well and he wants to win. So right, right. absolutely, and that gets misconstrued a lot. Um,
0: so I'm curious now, since uh, Des had, didn't he have a contract basically in hand in uh, Cleveland, and just he never, never took took it, never went that way. I'm curious if he saw whatever ended up happening, you know, with uh, them firing Hugh and uh what the fuck was his name? The other the offensive coordinator there. Todd Haley. Todd Haley, yeah. yeah. Um if he was seeing that beforehand, that's why he didn't didn't go there. That's I didn't hear he contract in hand.
2: There, yeah. But... Ra- Ravens had contract in hand. Browns I think just didn't want him. Oh, was that it? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I think
1: the whole thing was a media stunt with uh with hard
2: knocks. I think oh, that's right. Good. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Where it was like it's good for the Browns gives them more exposure. It's good for hard knocks uh, because it gives people a reason to watch. And it's good for Des Bryant because he gets to put himself on screen and show everybody what he's made of.
2: Yep, truth. And this would have been an ideal situation for Des too because Michael Thomas is there getting the majority of the coverage. He would have been just free to do his thing. It really, really sucks. With a great quarterback too. So, Well, at
0: least he's getting a paycheck now.
2: I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. So, than than not getting a paycheck. right. So Brandon Marshall uh, is what they ended up with. Um, mm-hmm. Does, does he have any value? I, I'm not, buying. I don't,
1: I don't think so, but I guess like, I don't know, stranger things that happened. Tyler Boyd's a thing this year. So
2: yeah, true. And Traquan's kind of been quiet the last couple of weeks. Did, do we,
1: yeah, he's been quiet and it looks like they're doing something to fill his spot. So uh yeah. Traquan, not the answer there.
2: Terrific. All right. So Rashad Stop. Penny. <laughs> what? I have a cat Stop. on my shoulder. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. So Rashad Penny to get quote split time after his good showing last week. Are we finally ready to grab Rashad Penny?
1: Yep. We're buying. Uh we're buying hard because I think the Rashad Penny basically they drafted him to be the back there and they've been waiting for an excuse to use him as the back. So yeah, he's probably gonna split time, but realistically, I don't know how this is gonna end, but I know that this is one that this is one of those like league breaking waiver wire pickups. This is why you save your waiver wire dollars or why you have been saving your waiver wire dollars because like You get somebody like Rashad Penny, if he ends up taking over that role, that's something where you throw him in the flex, and that could be a game-changer for you. That could take you from not making the playoffs to making them. It could take you from, you know, starting whatever you're starting in your flex to 15 points a game if it ends up working out. So I don't know if it'll work out. Uh, I was a believer in his talent, and then he had all his weight issues and all that stuff. Looks like hopefully he has it all figured out, but I'm picking him up everywhere. So
2: nice, sounds good. So the cool. NFL Monday Night game in Mexico City was officially shit canned earlier today due to terrible field conditions and moved to LA Coliseum. Um, does anyone care? I mean, I I'm happy that they're not going to blow all their ACLs. That's that's the only thing I care about. Yeah, yeah.
1: and I wonder how much of an effect field conditions actually have to do with anything because I've never I'm mean, like I might just be ignorant on this topic that's entirely possible but I've never seen injuries that happen that they blame on field condition after the fact you know I've seen people be like yeah these fields are terrible we don't want to play here and risk injury but I've never actually seen like field condition injuries so I don't know I don't think that it would have made much of a difference but I I'm not playing on those fields so who knows and honestly yeah I don't care
2: (laughs) right and even if it was just shitty enough to slow them down you've got two of the greatest offenses in the NFL going head-to-head I want to see them put up some points yeah
1: that's the big one and I think that's probably the more realistic reason that the NFL changed it where it's like yeah we have this like primetime game that everyone's going to get excited about and if we have it on a shitty field. It's probably going to lower the quality of the game and people are going to get a lesser product. We're trying to market this. So let's market it as this great game in LA.
2: Yep. Yep. Sounds good. Last one is, uh, James Conner still in concussion protocol. It's still early in the week though. So we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully he clears if he doesn't, uh, do we grab the dude behind him? Whoever that is for this week.
1: Uh, depends on how you look at it. If you're, if you really, if you have somebody on buy and you really need a spark, a spot start, maybe, um, I don't even know who's behind James Conner to be honest. Who, uh, who is that? I have no fucking
2: idea. Okay.
1: Yeah. I guess like my guess would be that it's Jalen Samuels. Um, mm. and if that's the case, I'm not really interested. Uh, you know, if they still have Daniel Williams or something like that, I might be interested. But Jalen Samuels might get some passes, stuff like that, but I don't see it being anything that's going to be worth spending any waiver wire money or anything like that on. Um, However, dynasty-wise, though, if it is Jalen Samuels or somebody similar, uh, Samuels is a young player. He can play tight end, can play fullback, can play running back, and that might be something that's worth picking up dynasty wise, you know, just where maybe he gets a couple of reps here and looks good. And they're like, yeah, okay. We can see a way to fit you into the offense, you know, whatever.
2: Sounds good. That's uh, that's all I had.
0: All right. This is the part of the show where we do the gut checks. We look at, uh, two sets of players,
2: no, three sets of players, two on, two on defense, one on offense. Wow. (laughs) The people at home are going to get to watch the meltdown on, on live video this week. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, uh, we talk about these guys compared to each other. If we'd put them in our lineup and then we send it out to you guys on Twitter. Um, and then we talk about it. So let's go with a pair of cornerbacks here. Uh, been last week's? This is last week's, yes. Sorry. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> We're doing last week's, and then we'll do this week's. <laughs> um, we can do can next week's, back. too, if knock you back. want. <laughs> <laughs> a pair of cornerbacks here. Uh, New York Giants' Janoris Jenkins and Kansas City's Kendall Fuller. Um, so don't laugh, but 14 votes, uh, 86% went to Kendall Fuller. Wow.
2: No one's interested in this, huh?
0: I forgot to send it in the retreat group. Oh, for
2: God's <laughs> sakes. Okay. The
0: other ones are good. This one was a little skewed. So,
2: right. I thought it was just hate on the corners. All right. No, no. That's
0: fine. It was there. I just, you know, I have my, uh, the, I send them out like once a day over a couple of days and I just forgot this one. First time in a year, guys
1: (laughs) 14 votes.
0: Yeah, so I
1: could have gone to the bar across the street, asked him to vote. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who Janoris Jenkins is, but he has a nickname Jackrabbit. I'll take that. Yeah, (laughs) he would have won
0: definitely. (laughs) So, with that, let's go on to our offensive one it's a two sets of wide receivers. Uh, Cleveland's Jarvis Landry versus Baltimore's John Brown, 117 votes, 75% Jarvis Landry. That's, That's the right answer.
1: Yeah.
0: Sounds about right. Yeah. And the last one, a pair of linebackers, Tampa Bay's Levante David versus Buffalo's Matt, Mila- Matt Milano, 121 votes, 72% What Levante
2: David. Sounds about right. All right. So for this week, got a couple interesting ones here. These guys are all extremely close as usual. First one we'll go is offensive. Uh, James Conner, the now set in stone, starting uh, running back for the Steelers for the rest of the season and perhaps the future. At least
1: versus Le'Veon Bell.
2: Right, yeah, right. Versus Le'Veon Bell, (laughs) no. Uh, Has played nine games this year, 771 rush yards, 10 rushing touchdowns. 39 receptions for 387 yards, one receiving touchdown, three fumbles, one loss. And the guy that is absolutely right next to him, but has played one less game, so I'll take that how you will, is Melvin Gordon. Uh, with eight games played, 672 yards, so about 100 less uh, rushing yards, uh, seven rushing touchdowns, 36 receptions for 361 receiving yards, four receiving touchdowns, one fumble, none lost. Um, these guys are both great. They've both been great producers all year. Um, I would, I would take, God Almighty. I'd probably take Connor and Dynasty and Gordon in in uh, redraft. What do you think, though?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm taking. That. I uh, Gordon has quietly put together two really good, a couple really good fantasy seasons, and yeah, I. I'm not a huge believer in his talent where it's like, yeah, I know he's a really good running back, but I don't think he's as good as what he was billed to be when he was coming out. Um, that said though, like he's getting the volume that he needs and he's going to continue to get the volume because everybody they bring in just isn't good enough to take away touches from them. Uh, Austin Eckler, great receiving back, Melvin Gordon's still catching the football. So I think that, uh, You got to go Melvin Gordon here. I love James Conner. I liked him coming out in the draft process. I think that this was a huge victory for him. And I like very happy for him. And I absolutely am thrilled to see him succeeding. But I think Melvin Gordon's the answer fantasy wise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like Melvin Gordon. Um, I have him on one of my teams and uh, James Conner is kind of he. Was always kind of an afterthought. I ne- I never got him, so it wasn't like I, I ha- had anything invested to really, watch him. But it's always been the the watching game for Lev Bell. You know when he's going to come back. So I, I didn't give too much thought to James Conner. Now that he's solidified, I do like him, and obviously based off his stats, he's doing really well. Um, I like your take on James Connor and Dynasty because I feel like next year the Steelers are going to wrap their offense more around him rather than kind of a late minute, like, Hey, we need someone to fill in for Lev bell and we're going to hope that this works. Um, so I do like that dynasty stash, but Melvin Gordon, I mean, he's a beast. Mm -hmm. What can I say?
2: Yep. I'll be very interested to see how that one turns out on the vote. Um, Alrighty. So next one is a pair of safeties that are also right next to each other. First one is John Johnson safety out of the Rams has played and started all 10 games for them. 39 solo tackles, 24 assists, no sacks, eight pass defense, three picks, uh, one force fumble and one tackle for lost against DeMonte Casey, who's only played nine games, but that's just because he came in for Keanu Neal and that first one way towards the end. So he pretty much has 10 games under his belt. Mm-hmm. Um, he has 36 solo tackles, 10 assists, no sacks, seven pass defense, five picks, one forced fumble, and also one tackle for loss. Uh, and I like, as uh, awesome as John Johnson is and has been for two years now, I even though Casey's going away after this year, I want Casey the rest of this year. Um, there, I just feel like he has more opportunity to make plays. Sure, Deion Jones is coming back, and that's going to eat into that a little bit. But right now, the linebackers in front of him are absolute crap, and he gets plenty of opportunities to make plays. And that Rams offense is so goddamn good. They own time of possession in damn near every game they play against anyone. So their defense, when they're on the field, it's like fighting for scraps amongst a bunch of really talented guys. I mean, think about who's on that defense. Like, it's ridiculous. And the Falcons just don't have that. They have this beat up piece of crap defense that KZ can kind of take his production from. So I want KZ uh, for the rest of this year, John Johnson, if it's dynasty though, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah. So you make a good point with the playing time and time of possession with the Rams, but I like John Johnson. I like the consistency he's given us for a couple of years now, uh, for two years now. And I am a little scared by Dion Jones. I know you aren't, but I am, and so I'm taking Don- John Johnson. Mm.
0: I I like uh, your thinking, John, and um, for sure this year. And if uh, Dion Jones doesn't come in and eat too much of Casey's, uh production, he'd be a very good asset. But going dynasty would be John Johnson.
2: Yeah. Johnson's got the brighter future for sure. Yeah. Which is too bad because KZ is a really talented guy. He's just going to go back away after Keanu Neal comes back. Last one is a pair of linebackers, one super surprising and one a disappointment. So the first one is Todd Davis of the Broncos, who has had probably his best year so far in the NFL, has played and started all nine games for them. uh, 48 solo tackles, 19 assists, two tackles for loss, half a sack, five pass defenses, one pick, one touchdown, no forced fumbles going against, uh, the guy that's right next to him in most of my leagues is DeMario Davis, who we thought, or a lot of people thought was going to be a monster this year His playing time has plummeted. He's only at like 80% of snaps the last month now, uh, in usually less than that. in most of these games, uh, he's also played and started all nine games for the saints. 46 solo tackles, 21 assists, 6 tackles for loss, 2 sacks, 1 pass defense, no picks, 1 forced fumble. And this one's easy for me. It's Todd Davis. Even though Demario Davis has the name and the production that was from last year with the Jets, uh, he, he he's not producing nearly as much as he did last year. Davis is on the field far more often with a much, much worse offense in Denver. Um, and he's having a career year. So I want Todd Davis for the future, though. I don't know. Um, flip a coin. Uh, but I, for now, I want Todd Davis, though. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, ignore the name. It's Todd
0: Davis.
2: Agreed. Interested in helping the show?
0: Make a donation to our Patreon. Click the link on idpguys.org. A $1 or more donation will get you access to our Patreon only Discord channel, where we will be giving those members exclusive access to mocks, leagues, and other content. $5 or more, we'll get you a special thanks on the show. Special thanks to Scott Temple, Trent Leonard, Mason Rose, David Matula, and my Balzac Ertz, our first donor.
2: Hey, it's Johnny the Greek from the IDP Guys. Want a chance to interact with us and others in the IDP community? Join our Discord channel, a private chat room, and an app on your phone or computer message us on Twitter at IDPGuys, email Nathan at IDPGuys.org, or go to our site and look for the plug-in on our sidebar to join. It's a great place to talk all things IDP.
0: Special Guest. And we're joined this week uh, with... Joseph Hagan, one of our writers on the website, idpguys.org. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, at Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H. Hagan, H-A-G-G-A-N, all one word.
3: Joe, welcome Did to the show. you just spell
1: Joseph for everybody? You yeah. just spelled? Oh. Dude, you'd be
3: surprised how many people spell it wrong.
1: I just, I'm like, do you really think that our listeners are that dumb or it's they just,
3: never mind. I've had multiple people spell it J O E S. Multiple people. J-O. Oh my god. Yeah, when
0: I was writing the notes, I, I put J O E, and then I was like, shit, there's an S in there. <laughs> so uh, I had to I had to switch that up. But uh. Just to assume that
1: everybody is
0: spelling it better than you are And Sean, your audio is uh, breaking up there, uh, but we're gonna push on. Um, so. Joe, why don't you go into, you've been with us now for, man, going on a month, which we're very happy to have you. You've been very prolific. Um, Tell us about some of the articles you've had published, some of the beats you're kind of covering.
3: All right. Uh, One thing that uh, I actually picked up that somebody asked us to do was our D-line start sits based based off of a matchup, offensive line and defensive matchup. Yeah i much watching you sip a Capri Sun. I'm sorry. I'm, keep going. <laughs>
0: put We're put derailed away. now with all this video yeah. and all the technology. Oh,
1: he did say yeah. I've never watched you. So. It's like now I get to see Nate like daintily sip a Capri Sun. I, I it,
0: it's product this placement, man. Product like, placement.
1: Jesus Christ. Okay. It's
3: like a little <laughs> mouse.
2: Oh, God.
3: All right. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, so I've been looking into uh, matchups each week, like which offensive lines have the best and actually worst matchup in comparison to who they're playing. And for the most part, it's actually come out quite accurate. If you look at based off of run stuff rate and sacks given up, you see wh- which defensive linemen are playing them, and almost every week that sack rate comes into play.
0: Nice, that's pretty so, awesome.
3: Yeah. So, so is that more
1: useful good. for? Is that more useful for streaming, or is it like? Are there
3: guys out there on the waiver wire that are like, yeah, this is a good matchup. There was uh, this this past week. So um, I know on Yahoo, Jack Crawford, he's playing D tackle for the Falcons listed as a D end. But uh, he, in the past three weeks, he's had four sacks. And he had another plus matchup this week with the Falcons play uh, the Browns. They've given up 35 sacks this year prior to this week. And uh unfortunately I had him and Grady Jarrett both with a great matchup, but neither of them came up with a sack this week. But if you actually if you looked at the matchup, it was phenomenal. Like 35 sacks in what, nine games? That's terrible. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> and the fact he had four sacks in the past three weeks, it was like, well, it's almost stupid. If you need a D end or D tackle, it's like just take this guy and insert him this week, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. What do you have to lose?
0: Yeah, especially if you don't have like a a guy that you're you're playing every week, like an every week right. starter,
3: or if you have a bye, Mm-hmm. you see a filler, or if you have Joey Bosa, Ooh, uh,
0: yeah, yep, got yep. <laughs> uh, I got it.
3: Man, wasn't he supposed to come back week league. three? Uh, I think yeah. he's coming back after his bye now. Yeah. that's what they're saying, right. but I don't yeah. believe anything anymore. Yep. Oh man! If he does, watch for Melvin Ingram to have a great rest of the season. Oh
2: seriously, yeah, yeah. right. I had because a guy that,
3: all that attention is going to be away from him. It's like, oh, Bosa's back. Let's go after him, and Ingram's just going to be like, hey, remember last year? That was fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a guy ask about Melvin Ingram versus um shit someone else. Uh, rest of the season, and I was like, dude, if Joey Bosa comes back, Melvin Ingram's going to be fucking mm-hmm. tits.
3: So no. yep. It's true. Let's see. I've done that for the past couple weeks, and that's that past two weeks actually. That's that's that was a pretty good one to go about. It's actually been more. I've been intrigued myself about it. If you look at matchup, I'm like shit. Like I have, I have Carlos Dunlap, and -hmm. last week I was like he's got a terrible matchup. He's going against the Saints, but I start the guy every week, and I was like I shouldn't start him. He didn't do shit. I think he had one solo and one assisted tackle. Yeah, that was it. I was like he tried
1: using it like. Have you seen any correlation with linebackers
3: or anything like that? Or is it strictly D-line? It's mostly D-line. I mean, I mean if you have guys that are higher, like D-end linebacker, like Jadavian Clowney, or maybe somebody yeah. like Whitney Merciless, who plays outside linebacker, he can still have a good matchup against a really, really poor offensive line. Okay. So yeah. if you have guys who are sack-dependent, D-ford. D-ford with Kansas City. Yeah, he's a good one. You find somebody with a really poor offensive line matchup, he might be a guy you can sneak in for a week. Come up with a sack or two, sack and a half, maybe a couple tackles for a loss.
2: Who's got the dog? <laughs> that, <be> <laughs>
3: that is probably mine. Hold on, pardon me for a second. No
2: problem. No problem, man. It's. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think the listeners do want to know, can you tell us about the uh, chipmunk black market one more time for the yeah, listeners?
3: Yeah, so I have a, a rabbit. It's an outdoor <laughs> rabbit. And uh, I went outside one day, and this weird-ass chipmunk grabbed a pear from out in the yard of a pear tree, and it brought it to my rabbit, and they traded food. <laughs> <laughs> so I this, like weird my my rabbit's sitting here this big gangster ass rabbit now he's like what do you bring for me what do you have Pay, <laughs> hey, daddy like, pay, daddy yeah right like what do you bring me? you got nothing get get out of here get bring me something else <laughs> this, this chipmunk's my bottom this. bitch oh man that's that's incredible it brings me all the great acorns <laughs> yeah that's uh that's the things i live with out here in the woods it's freaking weird weird stuff yeah
0: yeah, that, that would be. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so back on the rails here. Right.
3: <laughs> um, so other than that, I've been also doing some uh, some of the, my favorite prospects going into the draft, the NFL nice. draft. So I started with D lineman. Of course, everybody knows Ed Oliver from Houston, but he have 22 tackles for a loss his freshman year, made Baker Mayfield's life a living hell in the one game he played him. Mayfield went number one overall, so we know. Mm-hmm. There you go. Ed Oliver, um, Nick Bosa, who's Joey Bosa's little brother, as well as, do you know his pretty much entire family was a first-round draft picks? His father was a first-round draft pick in 86, I think it was, for the Dolphins. Then his, his father's brother-in-law or something was the following year, first-round draft pick for the <laughs> Dolphins. Wow. And then... Joey Bosa obviously was a first rounder, and now Nick Bosa is definitely going to be a first rounder. Yes. Yeah, so that whole just, dynamic was kind of like just breeding uh, NFL players
1: over yeah. there.
3: <laughs>
0: Something in the milk.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, Sutton Smith, dude from.
1: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> For those just listening to audio, we've skipped. Uh, we've gone from the dainty Capri Sun to just this, this massive mug. huge
3: fucking mug i just can't even handle this (laughs) he actually poured his capri sun into the mug (laughs) how many drinks do you have in front of you
0: i I have two a capri sun only like that's like two sips so i had to get some water it's just water in the biggest thing possible because (laughs) i need it the last show yeah it's from the apple harvest
3: that's true okay where's there an apple harvest
0: Actually, it's from the Durham Fair, but um, oh. it says the National Apple Harvest Festival. So, gotcha. This, this adds a whole new layer to this show of like making <laughs> oh, Sean laugh.
3: And- it makes yeah. it look like you're holding like a giant coffee. You're like, oh yes, I am hosting the show. <laughs> 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 oh, Jesus but, Christ! Yeah. Cheers. cheers. Draft prospects. So, Nick back Costa, to the great. Nick bus is great. Probably going top two, if not number one. Nice. Um, my favorite guy, my favorite line prospect, just because he's kind of a smaller school guy. Uh, Sutton Smith, Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Not really a big guy. He's six one. You look at him; he doesn't look like a big dude. But look at his lower body. His legs are freaking massive, and he gets low and just turns the corner and gets into guys. And I think he had. I think it was 22 sacks last year, something like that. Jesus. But uh, he's a former running back. He was in high school. He was a running back, was looked at by colleges. He was actually being recruited by Alabama while he was in high school, but had some sort of hand injury issue and ended up going to a small school, Northern Illinois. And it's just been absolutely amazing. Watch some clips of him. The dude's motor's unreal. And, uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Sutton Smith. <laughs> Sean can't handle it. No, <laughs> Nice, nice. Have you looked at any offensive guys coming up? Because, like, I, I usually don't pay attention to anyone but the big names, but playing, like, eight Yahoo leagues of college this year, there's so many guys I'm looking forward to this year coming out. Right. Uh,
1: yeah, this, finally, this finally opened up your eyes to this whole scouting thing where, like, you're actually invested in these players now, so you're going to, like – it's going to you're going to be in the same boat as I am where you basically know everybody going into it.
2: Yeah, there there are a lot of really productive guys coming out, that's for sure. I haven't searched
3: the uh, offensive side quite yet. I've just started I started with D line, then I went to corners or defensive backs, then I went to linebackers. I haven't gotten into any of the offense yet.
2: Nice. But how many of you guys do you think Alabama is going to put out cuz it it feels like it's half their defense every Jesus. year. My God,
3: I bet they have at least three or four in the first round. I'm not even going to lie. Deontay Thompson. uh, See, I forget the other dude's name. Raquan something. I don't even remember his name. He's a D tackle, I believe. Hmm. Uh, I'd have to go back and check it out. Yeah, I really wish that. uh, uh, Sorry, have you looked into Clemson's D line at all? Clemson's D line is stacked all the way across. I mean, Cleland Farrell, I think, is my favorite. Yeah, a ton
1: of people have been raving about that. ton of people saying it's overrated. So I was just wondering what your thoughts were on that. Because
3: I definitely always... don't think
1: it's overrated. Okay. I right. mean,
3: Interesting. they've been into the national championship game, what, the past two years, possibly again this year. Christian Wilkins was going to go into the draft last year, decided to stay. He's... Which I think was a good decision. He's yep. earned himself some money this year. Agreed. And uh, Clellan Farrell, he's. I love Clone Farrell on the outside. He's a great pass rusher. And he can also stop step back and pay, play a little linebacker if you need him to. But on the edge, he he's his wingspan is amazingly huge. And he definitely used that to his advantage. And right Whoa. in the center, you have Dexter Lawrence, big man, 6'4, 340. I mean, dude's a tank. He's just. It's like almost throwing Vince Wilfork right in the middle. It's like he doesn't put up any eye popping numbers, but for the line, he plays a huge part.
1: Yeah, and like that's the thing about interior defensive linemen is like you have your pass rushers and stuff, but you can be very successful and like a really good player without putting up the production. Cause right. realistically, there's a lot of guys where they just get paid to sit there and eat up space and make sure that nobody pushes you back. You right. fucking, you sit there, you get off the line, you stand up, you stand up the lineman and you fucking hold them there and you yep. don't
3: let anybody through. Just soak up blockers. Yep.
0: Nice.
3: So but yeah, yeah I, I don't think that defensive line's overrated by any means.
2: Yeah, if if All anything, right. the ACC has just been down a little bit this year. Like Florida State yeah. sucks, um, Virginia Tech sucks. Like they, they haven't had much competition. Boston College, I think, was like their closest. Boston game, College right? isn't
3: bad. I like their safety tandem. Who do they have at safety?
2: Uh, let's see. I got to remember
3: his name now. I, I wrote about him, Lucas. I can't forget. Hold on.
2: Yeah, but I mean, Clemson's beating everyone they're supposed to. So. Uh, yeah, you, know, you can't. It, it, yeah, that's all very true. Overrated for that. Yeah,
3: Clemson shouldn't well, really lose to anybody in the ACC. Yeah, right.
1: No, the ACC is just not nearly as good as some of the other divisions. You know, it's just no. that's how it's always going to be in Clemson being in the ACC is just a ticket to the divisional or the conference championship every single year. So they
3: should they should go undefeated in the ACC every year. Yeah, you would hope so. Uh, Let's see, Boston College. Uh, What the hell? Oh, Lucas Dennis, yeah, he's their free safety. Lucas Dennis. Lucas Dennis, yeah. Two first names, interesting. Yeah, look him up. He he plays really well. He's a quick, smaller kind of defensive back. He's a he plays free safety. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Earl Thomas because he does blitz pretty well as well. You watch him, he he masks it well because he can come play coverage at the line. Plays a little bit of nickel. His secondary position is corner. So so basically, he can center field back
1: there yeah. as a single high safety, and then he can exactly. also get up into the box and make plays. Yeah, exactly. That's
3: huge. Yeah. So, and then he's got his Cam Chancellor if you want to keep going with the whole Seattle Seahawks. I don't remember who's next to him, but the two tandem in the for safety for Boston College is really nice to see. Other than that, in the ACC, it's
2: nothing. Yeah, absolutely
3: yeah. nothing.
2: What about? Have you looked at LSU's defense at all? I mean, I...
3: uh, was it Greedy Williams? Is that his name? Or Andreas? Yeah. Yeah, Greedy Williams. I call him Greedy Williams. Andreas Greedy Williams. So he's probably the best corner in the draft, I think, if you look at him. He, nobody wants to throw at him. Uh, let's see, 20 games. He's got 14 pass deflections and eight interceptions.
2: Damn. It's
3: like, eight That's... interceptions in 20 games is huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Crazy good production. It's probably gone since then. That was back when I wrote, but I mean, he he just doesn't get thrown at. And you obviously, why? He's, what is he, 6'2? 6'2, 182. And he runs a quick 40.
1: LSU is pretty good with their defensive backs, too, historically. Like they do a good job coaching them up.
3: Yeah. Yeah. um, And then there's Devin White, who might be the best linebacker in the draft. You look at him all the way from run blocking or uh, run stuffing and coverage. He grades out. I think if you look at pro football focus over 80 in both coverage and run stuffing, it's really impressive.
0: Nice. That's
3: pretty cool.
2: Let's, uh, let's uh, shift gears to the 49ers real quick. So um, I know, I know, I know you don't want to talk about this, but you gotta,
3: no, I do though.
2: You, you watch every game. So, you know, what's going on with them? What the hell happened against the giants? Not just in the game. Um, I mean, those were two subpar teams that played a close game. Right. Whatever happened, happened. But there's no Reuben Foster. There's no Jaquisky Tart. Fred Warner's going against a team that ran Saquon Barkley as often as they could that entire game. That was like the perfect right. ideal situation for him. And he had what, like four combined tackles? Yeah. So uh, he
3: had four, four solo tackles and I think two pass deflections.
2: Right, right. So what's, what's going on there is, I mean, he had a really strong start to the season. Should people be getting worried? Cause he's kind of tapered off here lately.
3: Eh, I don't think they really need to be worried. I think he's almost worn out with Ruben Foster out with Ruben Foster there. Fred Warner doesn't have to worry about doing too much. He still plays the mic, but he doesn't really have to worry about play calling. Ruben Foster controls that defense with Ruben Foster out Fred Warner's now your top linebacker he takes on more responsibility he's looking losing focus of what he does best and that's make tackles doesn't really do too much else i mean i think as of last week he had 73 tackles and i think he had one pass deflection and like two tackles for a loss or something like that it was something low it, all he does is just tackle 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 right so with him losing focus on that i think him trying to be in charge of the defense a little more has made him kind of drift back. Once Ruben Foster comes back and he can get back to doing what he's doing, I think he'll be fine.
2: Gotcha. So it's kind of counterintuitive. Like I, I would have thought of it as like, there's more opportunity for him without Foster, but, but it's, it's not that way.
3: But well will in a rookie and having to be the, pretty much the best player on the defense and having to run that defense. I mean, Buckner can't do it from the line. Right. So yeah, yep. you're in the middle of that as a rookie, it's kind of, kind of a little much. Gotcha. Did you watch the game last night? I watched most of it. I went to sleep at one point. I was just like, all right. (laughs) It's like Uh, we're on third string quarterback and everybody on defense is injured and everybody on offense is injured. It's like, oh.
2: Yeah, true. uh, At this point,
3: I'm kind of just seeing if we win or lose and where we're ending in the draft and what we can get. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Did Richie James do anything? (laughs) Nothing. Nothing at all. And I was expecting him to because he came in last week and he had, what, two catches for 60 yards, like big plays. And Trent Taylor, who I like as well, but last week he was healthy but didn't play. He was just just a scratch. And I think they wanted to get Richie James more involved. But I just want Richie James to be a thing (laughs) so badly. I think he should be. I think he's good.
1: I think he's good. And I just want him to get his chance. So
2: yeah.
1: I'm just anxiously awaiting. Yeah.
2: So no, I, I think No, I'm I was saying just, just had a quick question about the uh, secondary. So yeah. uh Jaquiski, I mean, he's always productive when he's in there, but he but he gets in, right. injured often. Um yeah. Antoine Exum had a couple really nice games filling in for him earlier this season. If if right. if this current injury slash the next one um ends up being you know, towards fantasy playoffs and stuff. Would you feel comfortable grabbing Exum for a couple of weeks or what do you think?
3: Uh, I mean, going to the playoffs, no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I need to have a sure thing if I'm going to the playoffs, it's, if that's at that point, you should have a core group of guys for that. You know, you're going to be playing. You, that's not really the time to throw a dart throw in there unless you yourself have gotten an injury. It's right. Like, at that point, you need to have your guys set. Gotcha.
0: Cool. So looking at what you've got coming up, uh, you uh, pitched to me a safety article. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? What research you're doing? What's coming down the pike?
3: Well, I'm kind of just looking into, it's like safety now play, can play any position. They can cover, they can tackle, they can do it all, really. I mean, you have guys like Kaiser White, let played safety in college his entire career, came into the NFL. Now he's an outside linebacker, but now he's almost evolved the outside linebacker position to where he's a good pass rusher. But if you need him to, you can disguise his rush and drop him into coverage. Mm. So outside linebackers no longer being just pass rushing linebackers. It's like now you can start to mask your defense a little bit. Same deal with, um, if you look at Arizona's defense, they run three safeties Mm. You have Trey Boston, Buda Baker, and Antoine Bethea. Antoine Bethea is more of your in the box kind of guy, pretty much playing linebacker, Deion Buchanan style almost. Trey Boston's kind of your your center fielder, looking over everything, and Buda Baker plays strong safety. But they're they're basically playing three safeties. And also with, excuse me, Pittsburgh, when they brought in Terrell Edmonds, they were talking about playing. Uh, I don't even remember what they called it. It was some crazy lineup they had, and it was—I think it was eight defensive backs.
2: Oh wow, Jesus! It was
3: seven or it was—it was a—it was, a, it was an obscene amount of defensive backs they were thinking about playing, and it was the first time they ever came out with it. I don't—it was ridiculous. But you have How'd that go for them. <laughs> oh, I don't think they've done it. I think they thought about it, and it was just a thing. They're like. Mm-hmm bad idea yeah, bad <laughs> that's idea. a bad idea we won't do that <laughs> but i mean you have guys who've been, played safety their entire career of college coming into the nfl telvin smith he was a safety in college came in the nfl he's a phenomenal middle linebacker right now jacksonville Mark jaguars bark Barron.
2: yeah
3: uh Deion buchanan uh, and then you have guys who can play corn tyron matthew put him wherever Right. Play him on the outside, play him in the nickel, play him at free safety. He can play strong safety if you need him to. He's amazing. It's just, it's the safeties. When you get drafted in the first round as a safety, you need to be able to tackle, you need to be able to make plays, and you need to be able to just move. You need to be able to cover. Derwin James. Yeah. He has yeah. three and a half sacks, and he also has, I think, six pass deflections. Like he can blitz, he can cover, he can tackle. He does it all Jamal Adams with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um who else? Who else yeah, we there? got uh
1: we got really lucky with the safeties these past couple of years because we had Derwin James and Mick Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick this year. And we had uh yeah. and we had Jamal
3: Adams and uh yeah. and Malik Hooker the year before. Mm. Yep. Yeah, Malik Hooker's more of your kind of like one thing guy. He's more like just your free safety. Put him out there and he'll make plays for you. The other guys, they're just so versatile.
1: Yeah. He's just a super rangy center fielder. But, yeah, I'm just saying that, like, past two years, we've seen some of the best safety prospects we've seen in the last,
3: like, like, 10. Agreed. And if you look into what's coming up this year in the draft, I feel like there's, outside of Deontay Thompson, really, there's more really good corners coming out of the draft as opposed to safeties. But a lot of guys that if you needed to could shift over too, like Julian love for Notre Dame. The guy has, let's see, he has an obscene amount of tackles in his short period of time, but he also has, let's see. In 23 games, he had 142 tackles, 35 pass deflections, three interceptions and three touchdowns. Jesus. So obviously he can tackle with 142 in 23 games. 35 pass deflections, he can obviously cover. Put him anywhere in that defensive backfield, and you're okay. You don't need to worry about him. He's a corner in college. He can play anywhere in that defensive backfield. Yeah. Yeah. It's things yeah, like that. It's just the position's just gotten crazy.
1: Well, and just the whole defensive philosophy has gotten crazy, where you're looking at it now, and it's like everybody plays some combination of 3-4 four and 4-3. Four, like It's all like it, – even even when you're in the nickel you got guys moving around you got linebackers moving to D end
3: right. you got
1: safeties playing linebacker you just like if you don't have that versatility you're not going to make it anymore right um, or or uh, what happens is if you don't have that versatility you're on some packages where you're like yeah this guy all he can do is make tackles, and it's like, okay, so you're gonna be in on first and 10, and then you won't see the field until we right. have another first and 10. You're gonna
3: see like 40% just, of the snaps, that's it, yeah. Or,
1: or this guy can cover, but he can't tackle, so we're gonna see on third and long, and that's basically it. And then you have your guys that are playing safety that can do both, and it's like, yeah, they're playing safe first and 10, and then they're playing the linebacker on third and long, you know,
3: right?
1: So, yeah, people basically defensive coordinators have finally gotten to the level of creativity that everybody's been doing in Madden for 10 years. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Nice.
0: Nice. Um, uh, Is there any other articles you want to preview Joseph or anything you want to plug before we um,
3: let you go? Uh, Going forward. No, I think I'm good, man.
0: Well, uh, thank you for coming on the show. I was a little uh short notice, I know. Um, but Not we no appreciate it. And to be in the inaugural video uh stream. Um and
3: thanks for uh, listening to my uh my weird chipmunk stories. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was it was a pleasure. <laughs> yes.
0: We, that much needed on this show. We need more of that. Oh yeah. But uh yeah, for sure. For everyone out there, make sure you're following him on Twitter at Joseph Hagan. Um Sean, do I need to spell that out for them?
1: Yeah, if you could. <laughs> so okay. is A-P-H.
0: So <laughs> <At J-O-S-E-P-H-H-A-G-G-A-N. laughs> yep. All right. Thanks, Joe. Um, All right. Thanks, guys.
2: Glad to have you on. Thanks, man.
3: All right, later. Yep. Hey, everyone, it's the tipster
1: reminding you to go Bogart the IDP guy merchandise and gear it up for the 2018 season in style. So go hit up the site shop and support the no bullshit content. We bring
3: you to dominate your leagues.
2: All righty. So for offensive waivers this week, we'll just go pretty quick because we talked about almost half of these guys already. First one is Rashad Penny. That was a?
1: pickup. yes.
2: All right. And Josh Reynolds, wide receiver Rams? No. Brandon Marshall, wide receiver Saints?
1: Uh, no.
2: <laughs> How about Lamar Jackson, especially if that Flacco injury is as bad as people think it might be? No. Okay. Unless it's Superflex or just no, period?
1: Superflex, yes. Okay. Otherwise, no.
2: Uh, Alfred Morris? Mm, no. John Smith, tight end, Titans?
1: No. I like Jonu Smith, but no.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, they're passing games, dog shit. Um, Theo Riddick, running back, Lions? Uh,
1: PPR, yes. Otherwise, no.
2: Okay. How about Gerald Everett with a uh, Cup on IR, tight end, Rams?
1: Probably not, but if you're really thin at tight end, go for it. Um, Like, basically at this point, you don't need two tight ends on your roster. You either have your guy or you don't. Um, Like, bye weeks are basically over coming up here. Um, So if you need somebody for a last-second bye, go for it. If not, don't bother. Um, But, yeah, he'll probably see an uptick. I don't know whether that's worth picking up. It all depends on your roster.
2: Okie dokie. Derek Henry had a good week for once. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that's a pickup. Derek Henry has the name value. He has the, it's basically, he's in an offense where a good game could propel him to getting more touches. He's already getting touches. We get more, and that could lead to production, even though I don't think he's a particularly good running back.
2: Okie dokie. How about Dante Moncrief, wide receiver, Jags?
1: Yeah, why not?
2: You <laughs> had a really good week, actually. So.
1: Yeah, I know he did. Uh, all those Jags receivers are just, like, super up and down. Yeah. Just, like, there's, I would never want to start Moncrief, where I think I had to start Moncrief this past week in one league, actually, and it worked out okay. But, uh, yeah, between Cole and Moncrief and Westbrook, it's just, like, man, you don't know who's going to have the week.
2: Yep. And
1: especially with Fournette back where they're going to focus more on the run than they did before. So I don't know. I wouldn't want to start him, but I mean, if he's out there and you're really weak on shit, go ahead.
2: Okay. So now that, uh, Montgomery has gone, Aaron Jones, especially with the big week, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, if Aaron Jones is on waivers, he's the no brainer pickup. Uh, I don't think he'd be on waivers though. I didn't, He's not on waivers in any of my leagues.
2: Gotcha. Uh, Josh Dotson, wide receiver, skins. I believe.
1: Um, I'd say no. Uh, he looks like he's gonna be. I've been a huge Josh Dotson supporter since he came out of college. I absolutely loved him in college, and then he's been nothing but a disappointment. So I don't know, man. I just. I find it really hard to trust him. And if it took this long for him to get going, it's just kind of hard for me to foresee him suddenly breaking out and being like a monster for the tail end of the season. It's just, it seems like it's not a likely scenario.
2: Gotcha. And that's what I had. Thanks.
0: All right, let's let's uh, let's talk some defensive uh, waivers now.
2: Okay, uh, there's just a couple more than normal this week just because of people coming back, people going out, stuff like that. So first one, uh, Trey Boston is once again healthy, so that three-safety set is backfired up in Arizona. He's a start if you need safety help, probably be like a Tier 2 guy. Uh, Deion Jones is back. He's been activated off the IR. As to whether he plays this week, I've heard he is, but... He'll probably be on a pitch count and he'll probably be super rusty, so don't expect much. But have him ready to go for fantasy playoffs, though, definitely. Uh my note here says Eric Reed is still awesome. Uh that I guess that that takes care of that. Eric Reed is still awesome. So nice. Keep it going. Um, here we go. So Bostic and Williams both had massive friggin' games for the Steelers, but they usually don't. So don't fall into that trap. Uh they're super spotty.
1: This year. Huh? bostic has been decent this year.
2: Yeah, he had a strong start. He's been slumping, and he had a really nice game last week. But they're both kind of up and down, and their snap counts have been all over the place, too, anywhere from, like, 60% to 100%, but usually closer to, like, 70 or 80. But, I mean, I guess if you need a short-term guy, there are worse options. Um, So Snacks is hovering now at 60% or over the last three weeks since he's been on the Lions. He's had tier one or upper tier two production the last three weeks since he's been on the lions. Uh, he's back to being snacks. So play him confidently. Mm. Uh, we talked about this earlier a little bit Demario Mario Davis. His snaps have been dropping like a rock the last month. Um, and his production's going with it. So buyer beware. Uh, Jordan Evans was great for you this week, but that's no longer going to be an option since perfect and Vigil are imminent on their return. But for some reason they don't play this next week here. Um, Then I guess you could fire up Evans one more time, but it's it's coming to the end of the road here. Uh, Joe Schobert's back. Play him if you got him, uh, or if someone was dumb enough to drop him, definitely go grab him. Uh, I really hate saying this, but it's true. Kyle Van Noy has put together a few weeks here that have been really nice, and he's getting the playing time. I wouldn't do it, but you could if you want. Um, wouldn't recommend it.
0: At least with video, we can visibly see Sean's reaction. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. (laughs) Every time we bring up. Kyle
0: Van
2: Noy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's getting the production. I I don't know how, but he is. Um so Wesley Woodyard's completely rust-free once again. He's had two spectacular weeks in a row. His snap count has climbed way up to where it was before. Unfortunately for that for Jayon Brown, that's happened and he sucks again. So steer clear of Jan Brown. Uh also, back to action. Clayton Gathers is healthy and had 10 10 combined tackles this week. Uh, so as long as that neck's not bothering him, he's a great safety option for you. He started the year as the overall one safety for like the first month and then got hurt. Mm-hmm. So he's back to that kind of production. Grab him if you need him. So Anthony Walker had a massive game this week for the Colts, but his snap count was uh low, quite low, like 60 something percent, I believe. And that's cause Sky Moore was activated and put on the 53 man roster and got a bunch of snaps this week. So well, that was great that he had a great game. What are they doing? I what no, are they doing? They I, literally just I cut him. Like I know. I, it's ridiculous. I
1: have, we're on record here saying that I was a big Sky Moore fan coming out of college, and I was supporting him in this race. But then he lost this race, <laughs> and I picked up Anthony Walker, and now here we are with Sky Moore coming back to just fuck me.
0: Yeah. Um, Speaking of getting fucked, uh, how'd you like Anthony Moore's uh what was that a pick six, fumble six something? Uh getting yeah. called back.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Just fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That
0: helped me uh negate your your attempt to beat me in, with your replace, replacements league. Yep. You I almost know. had me. And then you did. I didn't. almost did. <laughs> I actually was I was waving the white flag. I thought you had me.
1: I thought so too. Going into that, I, like I thought, it, you were just finished, and that lead was over for the week. So, yeah.
2: apparently not. Yep. Yeah. What can you do? So, buyer beware on Walker. This this could get messy again. Uh, ha ha. Clinton Dix has been pretty awesome on the Redskins uh, for like two or three weeks now. Whatever it would spend since the trade deadline, uh, he seems to be back into tier one. So that's good. Uh, a yeah. Darius Taylor had a bad week, <laughs> so I, I, don't know at this point about him. Um, I would just stay the hell away. Uh, it looks like the benefactor though, of this whole Quan Alexander messed up situation is Justin Evans. Who's had a great few weeks since Alexander got hurt and he's been pretty solid before that. So if you've got Justin Evans at safety, continue to play him with competence. Uh, we talked about Denzel Perryman being out for the year that helps Jatavis Brown Jaleel a and Derwin James, and maybe Hayes Pillard. So if you're, like, really stupid desperate for a linebacker, you could grab Hayes Pillard and see what happens. I don't know if I would, but it's an option. Um, So the only safe safety in Miami is TJ McDonald right now, Um, as crazy as that is, because Jones came back this week, and he played 100% of snaps, but he had, like, three tackles. So I don't know what's going on with this guy. Uh, and it's like, he won't get out of the way to let Minka go in and do his thing. He's just taking up space and not producing. So yeah, that's not great. But, uh, if you got DJ McDonald, I'd play him. He's the only safety I'd play in Miami right now. Uh, Raekwon once again, had an awesome week. So that's three out of the last four. That's starting to become a trend. Um, I don't know if I trust it just yet, but, uh, I mean, he is getting the playing time. So that's half the battle. Uh, oh, do you have the drop ready? I do. All right. So Leighton Vander.
0: <laughs>
2: thank you. Uh, had 13 solo tackles, a pass defense, a tackle for loss, an interception, and 28 turnover yards this week. That's fucking awesome. Uh, with Lee out for the next God knows how long, month or so at least. Uh, yeah, definitely keep playing Vander He's incredible. Uh, Nigel Bradham has also stepped up his game as of late and had 100% of snaps for like the third or fourth week in a row now. Uh, and his production's kind of come up with that too. So he's been really great too. And that's what I got right now. I didn't write anything really about the um, game last night. Uh, Fred Warner stunk it up in an ideal situation. Mm. But we talked about that in the interview as to why that happened. So that's about it. Yep. Every, everyone else did their thing.
0: All right, so uh, let's do a quick recap of week 10 uh, where we each go around and give three guys, uh, one who overproduced, someone who satisfied our rankings, and someone who underproduced. Um, I'll start it off with the over. Um, Now, you could say this guy satisfied what we had expected him to come into the season doing, um, but as far as what he has been doing... um, it definitely was a big game for Bobby Wagner, 10 tackles, three assists. Um, is this old school Bobby Wagner we're seeing? Or are we going to start seeing some good production hope,
2: production from him? I hope so. I hope so. That's it. This is, this is the gas I'm telling you about all the time, Sean. You're seeing it on camera now.
1: I'm watching him just drink Capri though. Where is this coming from? I uh, don't understand.
2: I have no idea.
1: It's watering Capri Sun. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. My over is Aaron Jones. Uh. I think Aaron Jones is a good back, and I think he's probably going to have a good rest of the year. Uh, Last week, though, is not going to probably happen very often for him in his career, though.
2: Definitely. I'm going to go with Leighton Vander. Awesome. Leighton Vander.
0: Leighton Vander.
3: SNS.
2: I can't
0: hear what you're doing.
3: So
2: No, it's it's the South Park drop. Um yeah, he had uh, like I just said, thirteen solo tackles, one tackle for loss, one pass defense, one pick, twenty-eight turnover yards, and he's he's all and he won the game for the Cowboys with that tackle in the backfield that stopped Philly from getting that first down and keeping their drive going. So He's awesome. I, I like him a lot. I'd take back any bad things I said about him before I knew what he was capable of.
1: Mm.
2: Um, Yeah, he's great.
1: Nice. I was a believer.
2: Yeah, I wasn't, but uh, whatever.
3: <laughs> it, that's part
2: of being a Cowboys fan is being delusional in some way, shape or form. Yeah. So there, there it was. Nice. Uh,
0: So let's go into the satisfied. Uh, I've got Calais Campbell here. He had five tackles, two for a loss. Um, That's about where you want him. If he could produce like that every week, he'd be a very good defensive end.
2: Yep, Uh, I'm gonna go with Snacks Harrison. Uh, Six solo tackles, one tackle for loss, three weeks in a row, all of them on the Lions. All great weeks. Mm.
1: I got Odell. Uh, I think Odell had like 23 points in PPR or something, Um, and he could have had a lot more. The targets matched up with the receptions a little better, but uh, but yeah, you did uh basically what you've been wanting out of Odell all year. You
2: know? Yeah. He had two touchdowns. He had a really nice game. Yep. Nice. So
0: I'm going, we're going under here. I'm going to start it off with Mario Addison with the donut.
2: Yeah. That's not <laughs> ideal. No. Uh, I'll go with miles Garrett with one solo tackle. He'll be fine though. Nature of the position.
1: Jarvis Landry had 4 points. Mm. And uh that crushed me cuz I have him in a lot of leagues. So.
2: Yeah. That was not that was an ideal matchup too. That's a high high scoring offense that they're going to have to keep up with by throwing not a great secondary. I don't get it. Mm, well, and the
1: offense performed well. Jarvis just wasn't part of it. Yeah, so. it was
2: Chubb that went fucking nuts like. He was yeah. awesome.
1: Good news I had him in a lot of places too. So yeah, yo, yeah,
2: well, he won me 40 bucks in uh FanDuel this week, by the way. Wow. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Well, speaking of that, should we get into Johnny the Greek? Absolutely. So this week's four in a row. We're back to five hundred. All right. <laughs> well, before we do that, let's get the drop-in. Oh, sorry. I was really excited. <laughs> Johnny the Greek. All right. Thank you for that. So, yeah, we're back to 500. Four in a row. We had Saints minus 8.5 at Cincy. Turns out that uh, you didn't need to worry about that too much. Um, That worked out just fine. So, for this week, to hopefully get us into a winning category for the year, I'm going to go with Carolina minus four at Detroit. What do you boys think about that? That's a good bet.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I think uh, the Lions couldn't beat Carolina when they were competent, so uh, they're definitely not coming close now.
0: Yeah, this. What What's the
2: uh, over/under on this? Because I would take the over. I have no idea. I just I just know I'm starting McCaffrey in like every FanDuel ticket this yeah. week. Yeah,
1: everybody on the Panthers in every league you ever had.
2: Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's minus one fifteen. So ten dollars gets you eight seventy. So yeah, sounds decent. Yeah, that is alrighty. So make sure you're following us on
0: Twitter uh, at IDP guys individually. I'm at Nate Cheat. John is at OrangeMan three one four two, and Sean is at Lanny one nine two five. In case you're
1: wondering, you spell Nate N A T E. but no
0: you know when we first started the show i would spell it out (laughs) i spelled out everything
1: i missed that i somehow missed that i wish i would have called you out about a year ago
0: yeah um so subscribe to the show uh go to idpguys.org uh in the sidebar on the right about halfway down there's uh links to google play stitcher itunes and an rss feed if you'd like to catch the show in your favorite pod device there we go um also be sure to scroll a little bit farther down and join our discord channel you can find that on the site on the sidebar uh it's a great spot to chat with us chat with other like-minded idp individuals also uh if you care to donate to help with the show offset some costs Um, since this isn't free, but we enjoy doing it so much. um, You can go to patreoncom slash IDP guys donate, whatever you feel from a dollar to a million dollars a month. Uh, That comes with some great perks as far as uh, being able to get into a private discord channel with us. Um, We have the general, but then there's a Patreon only. Uh, We've started the Patreon appreciation live stream, um, which we're figuring out the kinks on. But it's happening, and it seems like every time we add a little technology, some of our uh, quality lacks. But then once we figure it all out, we just get better. So upward and onward, as Stan Lee would say. Uh, excelsior
1: realistically we're just sacrificing qualities so we get to see you drink a capri sun
0: which is (laughs) my mind's
1: completely worth it
0: (laughs) exactly
1: everything else i get to sit here and laugh at you drinking capri sun while we do this uh
0: but yeah so that is uh patreon.com slash idp guys um we have some great perks please help us out it just makes the show better uh and we give you more access um also don't forget on sundays we're doing a live stream start sit with gary van dyke at h bogart 27 we did our
2: first one this
0: past week um i think it went really well what do you think johnny
2: yeah yeah it was good it was uh between the two of us you're gonna you're gonna get A strong answer either way. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we uh, greatly increased the production value of it. Um, As you'll see, if you watch, if you'd watch some of the earlier ones uh, with uh, Gary, just kind of there with us in the background. This time we actually join him. Uh, All three videos are on there. Uh, It's far more entertaining. There's no
2: dead time. Yeah. The inactives are scrolling on the bottom. Yeah, Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff.
0: Yeah, we're getting closer and closer to ESPN level production here. Oh yeah. So, but uh yeah, so with that um I didn't really write down my um my win loss this week. It wasn't terrible. I beat Sean in the repl- his replacements league or team which was
1: That was my only loss this week. This is the wow. best fantasy I think I've ever had because guys like Mick Chubb showed up to play. Like, mm. I I had a couple of, like, players that were just duds. I had Jarvis Landry all over the place as a dud. But, man, like, this is the best week of fantasy I think I've ever had, and I am fucking thrilled about it.
2: You, nice. you know what? I'm right there with you. I went 10-1, and one, and the one was one I was trying to tank anyway for a good draft spot, so. There you go. Yeah. It was a really solid week.
0: Nice. Nice. If only our teams could play as well. Yeah. Fuck. The-
1: Guys, <laughs> they're so bad this year. I just, it's hard to watch this is three weeks in a row. It's been hard to watch where I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I really want to turn this game off, but I have to write an article in 30 minutes. Yeah. So I kind of feel like I should watch the rest of it.
0: <laughs> John wanted to invite Ash on for a guest this week. And I was like, I don't want to talk about the lions
1: this is the bad week to talk with ash like yeah have any words with ash this week
0: i'm pretty sure all of his words would just be fuck shit god (laughs) damn it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but all right uh until next week everyone um goodbye